It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. Remember, you can always connect with us on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on air. Like, follow, and share on Facebook, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. And you can listen to the show anytime you like. Head to your favorite podcast app anywhere you get your podcast and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. In an era of social media and body shaming, they are bold and confident. They embrace who they are and celebrate themselves and their diversity. This morning, we talk to those who are breaking barriers and redefining beauty. We begin this morning with model Curtis McDaniel, Curtis has vitiligo, an autoimmune disorder that causes patches of skin to lose pigment or color. It's our pleasure to welcome Curtis McDaniel to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning, Curtis. How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. So let's start at the beginning with you. Now, I understand that things began to change for you when you were around 11 years old. Tell us what happened and what did you notice in your body? What was happening? So basically what happened when I was 11 years old, um, one day I came home from school, was actually uh, using the bathroom. I don't know if that's TMI, but I was <laughs> in the bathroom. I had noticed that I had a white patch on my wrist, and it was very faint, and I, I had no clue what it was. Uh, so I thought it may have been like, uh, I don't know, maybe I needed some lotion, maybe I need to do something. So, But I applied some lotion to it, some other stuff, and nothing was changing about it. So I told my mother, and my mother had scheduled a... Uh, a dermatologist appointment. We went to the dermatologist, and the dermatologist told me that I had the same skin condition as Michael Jackson. And so, uh, yeah, that's how I found out I had vitiligo. And from there, um, I just had to, you know, live with it. But it started off with my wrist, and then from there, it expanded to my, my lips, and it just went chaotic after that. So um, all throughout 11 and 12 is when most of the expansion happened. Okay, and so um, help us to understand, is it painful? Does it, um, do you have to take any health precautions? What is that like? So it's not painful. The only thing that can be painful about it is that during the summertime, when I'm in the sun a lot, mm-hmm. uh, because I lost my pigmentation, which provides melanin, uh, the melanocytes, mm-hmm. I have no natural SPF in my skin. So the white areas have zero SPF, and so I'm very, very fragile under the sun, and I can burn easy, so... Uh, I get really bad sunburn. But other than that, uh, it's not too bad. It's not painful. It's just something that you can't control. There's no cure for it. Um, There's also no legitimate reason why certain people get it. It's just like if you get it, you get it. Okay. Let's talk about growing up. What was that like for you? Because growing up, I understand that you say that people thought it was contagious and that children were afraid of you. And the teenage years at that age, 11 and 12, can be so difficult for young people. And then you add in the fact that you were going through that. What was that like for you during that time? I mean, just on top of being an adolescent, being a teenager, and dealing with all the things that you go through and, and, and you know, also with personal struggle, struggles within your family and all that good stuff. Tackle on top of that, uh, having this skin condition that you can't control, you know, obviously people start to make fun of you, but it's really like, why is this happening to me? I, I think my mother went through it a lot harder than I did. And she would like look in the past, like, oh, when this happened, I wonder if it was because of this and this and this. And so I had to deal with that. But another big thing for me was that I just wanted to be a kid. And, you know, I wanted to be outside. I wanted to be having a good time. But my mom, she really wanted me to get treatment. And so I remember getting pulled out of football practice 
because I always had to go to these treatments because she kind of just wanted to cure the issue and make me normal again. And so but I remember just wanting to be a kid. I wanted to be outside. I wanted to have a good time. I wanted to be a regular kid. I didn't want my skin to kind of define who I was and stop me from being a child, you know? So um, that was one aspect getting pulled out of doing the activities that I wanted to do as a child for treatments and going through all these different creams. And I had to go to a UV ray light place and uh, it was just so much stuff. They even tried to stain my skin. It was, it was just like I was an experiment. And uh, that was one aspect, but also being, like I said, not being able to control it. And, you know, kids make fun of you. I was, I, yeah, I, I would say I was, I was bullied to, until I got to a point where I started fighting back and I started saying, saying things back to people. And so I got into a lot of fights because of it. And it's like after a while, you get tired of people making comments and you just start, you know, uh, you start defending yourself. And so that got me to some trouble. But my teachers understood where I was coming from and that I was just defending myself. So that was one aspect. And so it was just a, a culmination of so much stuff, man. Uh, mentally, my, my body's changing, and I can't be a kid like I want to. So it was a lot to deal with, and it eventually led to me getting to a very uh, depressed stage. And as far as what other people would look at when they would see me, I remember when I got my first job, the fast forward a bit, when I was like 16, I remember just being at my job, and babies would look at me and would just start crying, like, uncontrollably. And it's like, what do I do in that moment? It's just like, you just can't do anything but smile, say, hey, it's okay. Then you try to console it. They're like, no, are you contagious? The parents don't know what to do. And everything's really crazy. And I'm only 16. So having to deal with that made me really have to become more uh, understanding and become less, like, people just didn't know. And so I couldn't take it to heart too much because I knew it was just because of people's ignorance for a lack of better words and in case you're just tuning in this morning you're listening to sunday morning magazine this morning we're talking to people that are redefining what beauty is this morning we're talking to curtis mcdaniel today he's a well-known fashion model at the age of 11 he discovered he had the skin disorder vitilago now you touched on this and i want to talk more about this you went into a depression um for five years tell us about those years and how difficult i'm sure that was take us back and tell us about um the depression if you don't mind sharing yeah so i, I don't know exactly when the depression start started but i remember when it just hit, hit like a climax um one day after school you know i was going through a lot of stuff my skin was one thing um but really i think where it came from was that you know anytime when we can't control stuff in our lives um, it, it could become very frustrating. So my skin was one thing that I couldn't control. I couldn't change it. It's like, why did this happen to me? You know, I have all these different mixtures of emotions from, you know, family members, from friends. And it was just a mixture of so much stuff. So it really came from me not being able to control uh, what I look like. And the first thing that people see me is that they see what you look like. They see your skin. And so the first thing people would see when they saw me was these white patches. And so people would treat me differently. I was getting looks. And so... You know, the depression wasn't just because of my skin, but it was one thing. And so I just remember one day, actually, uh, I came home from school and um, my father had recently passed away. My mother was going through a lot. She had cancer and I was having a really hard time in school. And I just came home and I, I actually like I was going to kill myself. And in the midst of doing that, um, I actually found my Bible and faith really helped me get through that period of my life when I had lost my father. I'm going through all the stuff in my, in my skin. I started wearing makeup, and that was helping me with my self-consciousness as a man and all this other type of stuff. But it was really faith that really helped me get through that time of my life and even still to this day to really not think about what I look like as much 
but it was more so about what was on the inside of me and what God was doing through my skin and inside of me that was more important. And so I wanted to, from that point, for not people to judge me based upon my skin, but to judge me based upon my character and, and about who I was and less about my skin because I was a human just like everyone else. I just have a skin condition that not too many people knew about at that moment and that, you know, people had to learn to see. But hopefully because of who I was on the inside would bring me out. And so in that depressive stage, that's when I found faith and that faith helped me get through that moment uh, to get to the point where I am today. All right. And again, in case you're just tuning in, we're speaking to model Curtis McDaniel. He's here this morning. We're talking about redefining beauty. For more information, for more information on our guests, all you have to do is go to us on social media. Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Like, follow, and share there. Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on air. Or you can listen to the show anytime you like. Head to your favorite podcast app. Anywhere you get your podcasts and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Now, you talked about... um, Finding faith um, was a turning point for you. But I understand another turning point for you is that you had a conversation. You talked about um, your dad who passed away. But mm-hmm. before he passed away, understand that you guys had a, a heart-to-heart conversation that yeah. was really turning a turning point for you. Share with us what you would like about that conversation. Oh, man, thank you for doing research. I, I, I absolutely love this conversation. Um, about six months, my father passed away when I was 16. God rest his soul. And uh, before he had passed away, you know, uh, me and him had a heart-to-heart conversation, and it was something that was really, really deep. And so my father was struggling with a lot of things in his life, and he made a lot of mistakes. He, made, he did a lot of good things. And basically he saw that I was going onto a trajectory, um, and the path that I was going was not, was not good. And uh, me and him had a conversation one day, and um, I was like, Dad, I want to be just like you. And he got really upset. And he was like, no, I don't want you to be anything like me. Learn from my mistakes. And he told me, he looked me in the eyes. He says, my nickname is CJ. And he says, CJ, I'm not going to be here for much longer. Like, I'm going to die soon. And I'm like, wow. He's like, you're the first person I'm, I'm telling this. He's like, I don't know why, but you're the one. And he says, promise me this. When I'm gone, that you will stop fighting with your brother, my little brother. Um, he was like, I want you to look after your brother. Treat your sister and your mother like a queen. Um, never put your hands on a woman. Stay away from drugs and alcohol and also put God first. And so that conversation and then losing my father after that um, opened my my eyes up that, you know, uh, death is very real. um, And that, you know, like this life, you only have so much time here and you really got to make the most of it. And so it woke me up and it made me change my trajectory and get get back onto the right path and really follow what he said to make him proud, but also uh, change who I was. that conversation completely changed my life. And so, yeah, that was a conversation I had with my father. In those trying years growing up and when you looked into the mirror during those um, dark times in your life, what did you see? Mm-hmm. What, what was your reflection? What, what is it that you saw? What did I see in those dark times when I was looking in the mirror? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, I saw, I honestly didn't know what I saw. I, didn't, I just took everything. I mean, I was young and... I didn't really know what to make of my life. I think I was struggling with a lot. I was 16. I was trying to be grown. I was trying to do my own thing. And so I didn't really know what God had for me. I had no no destination in mind. I was kind of just living aimlessly. And so when I would look in the mirror, I would see my skin, and I would think, like, you know, why did this happen to me? Why am I going through this? Why is my, my dad gone? Why does my mom have cancer? Why am I poor? Why? And... Am I going through all this stuff? Like, why is all this stuff coming at me? And it really, like I said, pushed me into a depression. 
But again, faith and the conversation that I had with my dad and, you know, things of that sort helped me find my purpose and that I knew my purpose and that my skin disorder was to help give me a voice because now people are going to look at me. And now when people look at me, what am I going to say? Am I going to say what everyone else is saying or I'm going to talk about what's really in my heart and soul? And so that's what I found. And I found with modeling, I get opportunities like this where my modeling can shed light on my story so I could share my story and hopefully help somebody else who's going through something. Because I was on MTV before, and when I was on TV, I found out something that, you know, uh, uh, that someone told me. It was like somebody actually committed suicide because of the vitiligo. And that really hit me hard because when I almost, when I was in that first depressive state, it wasn't just because of my vitiligo. It was one contributing thing, but it was a lot of other stuff. And I'm like, wow, people are really struggling with this and showing confidence and, and embracing who I am in totality, my skin, the way I think, what I've been through, all that is going to come in a, pack, uh, in, a, in, a, in a package. And I can share my story to hopefully encourage somebody else so they don't get to that tipping point and they can know that they have purpose in their life and that God has a reason why they're going through all that they're going through. And so um, okay. I would say when I looked in the mirror, then I had no aim to the point now where I know what my aim and my purpose is. All right, let's talk about that purpose. Now, you are a model now. How did the modeling thing, how did that start and how did that come about? So just to backtrack a little bit, um, when I first got my vitiligo, I got it when I was like 11. By the time I got to 13, um, I remember one night my mom was like, we wanted to go to this movie, uh, the movie theaters, and we wanted to see this movie called Prom Night. And my mom was like, okay, we're going to go to, we're going to go to the mall. We're going to get you new clothes. And I'm like, we're going to the mall. Like we never go to the mall. I'm used to shopping at like, you know, Goodwill and all that type of stuff. And so I thought the mall was a big deal. And so we went to the mall, we got clothes and then we went to Macy's. And as we're going to Macy's, we started to go into the makeup section. And so when we got to the makeup section, I met this nice woman. She got me to start wearing makeup. And so they put the makeup on my hands and it kind of brought like my skin back. And so from that day, I started wearing makeup every single day. And, you know, when I went to the movies that night, I went out, everybody saw, like, my skin was normal. The girl I had a crush on gave me a hug. I got a phone number. I'm like, man, I'm never taking this phone. I'm going to wear makeup forever. And so I started wearing makeup. But then eventually it got to the point where I was just wearing makeup. I wanted to cover up the fact that I was actually wearing makeup because I felt like it made me weak as a man, that a man should have wear makeup. So it became more so, uh, more so about that and also covering up my skin disorder. But when I turned 18, I got tired of wearing it. I'm like, man, I'm so tired of just trying to cover up myself. And I just want to embrace what my skin is. And at this point, I had found my faith. And so I was like, you know what? One day my, my friends had invited me to play a game of flag football. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take off my makeup. And I took off my makeup and nobody said anything. Everything was normal. And so I stopped wearing makeup. And then one day I just was, I was like, I was feeling pretty confident. And I, I, put, I, put, I put a selfie up on Instagram after I had done this. And it was my first time ever putting up a selfie of myself without my makeup on. And then I actually went to school and I shared my testimony at a campus ministry I was a part of. After I left, I saw that, you know, my Instagram was going absolutely crazy. So I thought that somebody had, you know, gotten to my profile and had hacked it and did all this <laughs> stuff. But actually, a really, yeah. A really prominent um, model by the name of Sean Rose had uh, shared my, my picture, and then a bunch of photographers got in contact with me, and I made my way up to New York City, and I took a couple photos with two different photographers, and um, one of those photos actually went viral. And from there, you know, it just kept picking up steam. I kept doing photo shoots. Um, I got the MTV documentary and a, another documentary at CNN, and to the point where eventually, I think two years ago, 
I signed a contract with uh, Bridge Models in um, New York City. And so that's uh, that's how I got into models. All right. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. This morning, we're talking to those that are redefining what beauty is. On the phone with me is Curtis McDaniel. At 11, he developed vitiligo, a skin condition. He's here this morning to share his story. Now, you once said that your skin was a curse. Now you see it as a blessing. Explain that for us. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why I got it. And it had brought a lot of negative attention at first. And, you know, at that time, social media wasn't big. So you didn't see people walking around with vitiligo. So everywhere I went, I was the only oddball out. And so now when I go to school, you know, and it's time for people, we had these things called roast sessions and flame sessions. And you would just flame each other and you would just roast each other. And so once I knew that started happening, I'm like, oh, here I go. People are going to start roasting on me. So I had to start roasting back. And then, you know, you get into fights and all that type of stuff. And so it was just, it was just like it brought a lot of negative attraction back then, and I felt like I was so different from everyone else, and I didn't see that the difference was a good thing back then. So I saw that as a curse back then, but actually, if it wasn't for my vitiligo, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be on this radio right now because it's my vitiligo that got me into modeling so that I could share my story and I could share about what I went through. So now I see it as a gift from God. And um, there's a nice Bible passage that I like to think of about Joseph and had, how he had this coat of multicolors mm-hmm. and that this coat brought him favor. And so I kind of see my skin as that. It's like that coat that I have that has brought me favor in my life. So I have the opportunity to share my, my confidence, my story, my skin, and help um, other people feel encouraged, not just about the vitiligo, but if they have port wine stain, if they have eczema, if they have any type of skin disorder or any type of um, inadequacy that is not normal to everyone else that they can uplift and uh, go beyond that. So now I see it as a blessing rather than a curse. Now I can see it in your eyes when you're in front of the camera. You now have this confidence, um, a confidence in who you are. Where did that confidence come from? Mm, yeah, that confidence I would say initially started with my belief in God. It really, I call it confidence because mm-hmm. I stopped looking at the external and I st- started looking internally. And so it had to happen deep within inside of my soul before it ever became about what I look like. And so I would say that it first started with uh, my faith in God. And then from there, you know, uh, just getting out in front of the camera, um, that helped me a lot, sharing my story and uh, people being influenced by what I said that helped encourage um, and, and increase my confidence a lot. And just looking in my mirror and just speaking self-affirmation and saying, you know, that I'm beautiful. I love the way I look. I'm a good looking dude you know, and just speaking good things into my life and looking at myself and embracing my skin. Like, even if I see changes in my skin, which I always see, I just embrace it. And I say, you know what, if I see a change, whatever change happens, I'm going to take it on. I'm going to press forward and I'm going to see how I can optimize it and make the most of it. Let me ask you this. Now, this show is all about redefining beauty. How do you define beauty and what is it that you believe makes a person beautiful? What I think some what, what makes somebody beautiful is when, like, they make efforts to be the best person that they possibly can and they accept who they are and they embrace it. I would say beauty, just embracing what you have. Um, if you know what you have is good, like God has said, embracing that and pressing forward with it. So no matter what you have and you know, if you can't control it, just embrace it, love it and move forward. And as long as you go confidently with what you got, I think that's beautiful. I think that's the most beautiful thing about somebody. All right. Well, we're out of time this morning. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us this morning. If our listeners would like to find out more about you, see more pictures of you, find out more about you, how can they do that? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at, at double underscore Curtis Mac. Again, on Instagram at, at double underscore Curtis Mac. Thank you, guys.
All right. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for taking time to talk to us. No problem. Thank you, Ronnie.